Welcome back to the Lost LTs podcast, episode two, season one. This is your host, Nate Labrizzi, with my co-host, Brandon Cromwell, my technician, Mason Higgins, my man just spilled a little bit of beer, sure did, right <laughs> and our two uh, guest uh, stars for the for the show, we have Bennett Grillinger, say what's up. How's it going, guys? And Joe Shore. Glad to be back. Awesome. So last episode, we kind of left off talking about mental preparation for Ranger School in order to be successful. Now we're going to get into a couple more nitty gritties. Physical prep. What did you guys do to prepare physically? How far out did you start? What did you focus on? And most importantly, if you were to go back, what would you change in terms of your physical preparation? Um, looking at the school physically, I think there's a couple things a couple different things to look at. You have to look at the normal physical stuff that is rap week. So like the push-ups, sit-ups, running, rucking, that is rap week because it's ruck running and you're going to get smoked. So it's like the normal calisthenics, push-ups, flutter kicks, yada, yada, yada. And so you have to be prepared to do that. But then once you get past rap week, that's pretty much the end of like the normal working out gym kind of based physicality for the course. And it turns more almost entirely to rucking because that's rucking and being on your feet and moving heavy loads over long distances. So for me personally preparing, I wanted my body to be as resilient as possible going into the course. So I personally do CrossFit essentially and... I think that's a pretty good general preparation for the course, but I think you have to supplement with a lot of body weight calisthenic stuff and a lot more running than a normal like CrossFit program would introduce, if that makes sense. I like how you made that uh, <clears throat> distinction where I think first things first, priorities, get that comfortable passing and our RPA, right? Because you can't, it doesn't matter how good you're, you're rucking at, you know, you're not going to get the patrols if you can't do the RPA. So prioritize really good 50 push-ups and more really good sit-ups, um, really good, obviously, strict chin-ups, which really isn't usually an issue, but then also that that five-mile. You know, they're going to lay out standards like 49 push-ups and a 40-minute five-mile, but to be, you know, you really want to be 35 or less. And... Um, you really want to be able to pass these kind of standards on your on your worst possible day when you're the most fatigued. Because I didn't expect this on our, our day zero. We were, we were getting smoked a lot um, mm-hmm. in my company. So you're obviously not going to be at tip-top shape for your RPA. But I think I like how I made the distinction where first things first, be dominant at those graded events that I know are coming up right away. And I know the standard. And then being as resilient as possible to carry loads, to ruck, and to just be able to endure long uh, times of output. Ben, what are your thoughts on it? <clears throat> yeah, I'd agree with what Joe says. I think crossfitty type workouts are a good base and develop good habits, I guess, in terms of, of fitness and what you should work on. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Yes, like obviously most people are familiar with it, but like when you say crossfitty, like what, what are we talking? Movements, like style of training, like what do you, so what you guys can hop in? Like You guys probably have a better definition than I do of crossfit, but like Olympic style lifts with metabolic conditioning and there's some bodyweight stuff in there in there too but a lot of metabolic conditioning and Olympic style so power cleans power snatches clean jerks that kind of stuff simple I think another way to describe it would just say like functional fitness so a lot of functional movements 
a lot of things I would relate to, you know, what you do in the real in, in real world actually, which is why it applies so much to um, normal civilians as well as uh, military personnel. I think Joe would probably have a really good description <laughs> yeah. of what's going on. Um, um, fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, for me personally, it's you don't necessarily have to because a lot of people Olympic lifting like snatch clean jerk stuff like that is very complex and can be difficult to learn in a relatively short period to where you would actually be able to get benefits from it. So I think what you want to look for is movements that you're moving weight a long distance. So whether that's like deadlift, squat, bench press, shoulder press, things where you're moving a sleds. lot. Yeah. Sleds, things where you're moving a lot of weight in a pattern that is like working multiple muscles so like yeah leg press is great but it's not engaging your core it's not engaging your back it's not engaging like every single part of your leg the same way a squat will so what brandon said exactly i think is functional fitness you want to be able to do movements that you're going to do at ranger school like picking your ruck up a deadlift pressing like law or your bags overhead your um, duffel bags overhead when you're getting smoked during rap week shoulder press, stuff like that, whether, and the complexity of the movements, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're doing movements that you're going to be doing there. Um, and then with that, keep it at high intensity. So stuff that's going to jack your heart rate up because when you jack your heart rate up, that's how you get the most out of your physical preparation and being able to do those movements while you're fatigued and under a high heart rate, I think is the most beneficial. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, that's, I think you make a, an awesome awesome point there, Joe, but I think what you guys are saying for the most part is, you know, you're, focus on what's going to give you the most bang for your buck. You're not getting a whole lot of eating pretzels and doing bicep curls, right? Like, <laughs> this isn't beach body season, but, you know, building the fundamentals of strength, a squat, deadlift, working or posterior chain, these are like the rucking muscles, like carrying loads, having a strong lower back ass and legs i mean that is like the ass kicking muscles right so <laughs> i think that is kind of what you're what you're referring to there um and then there's tons of obviously tons of programming out there how did you guys feel physically prepared for it looking back would you have changed or added anything or been like no i'm not doing <clears throat> any more of that i think real quick also like doing a diagnostic sort yeah. of diagnostic rpa test where you test your push-ups sit-ups pull-ups in your five mile run would benefit those who are looking to go to range school because you establish a baseline of where you're at and then from there you can tailor your workouts to what your needs are so if you're a really good runner work more on your push-ups sips pull-ups if you need to work on your calisthenics work on your calisthenics more um, and then in terms of like other kind of movements that i did like rucking prep uh, i would ruck if you don't have a good ruck base range school will be a lot harder so coming in with a great base I think is important so what you want to do is start out with not necessarily a super heavy load I mean you can just be hiking but start out with something and then gradually increase the weight that's on your back up to um, you know maybe a 67 pound ruck and just walk with it for a while and then conversely maybe keep you know a 45 pound ruck and then increase your pace from say a 20 minute mile to an 18 to a 15 down to a 12 and hold that for five to 10 miles to, to practice different kinds of fitness. Mm -hmm. And also for rucking stability, especially when you get in the mountains, 
and in Darwin, Florida too, I did lots of uh, like ruck stability lifts, meaning I would, it's almost like transverse plane of motion stuff, but you also um, work like smaller muscles, like smaller core muscles and leg muscles. So I would, for instance, I would hold the dumbbell above my head and I would do box step ups while holding that dumbbell above my head to develop a good core um, as well as like leg strength. Um, to kind of develop like stability stuff. And there's a lot, there's literature on it, literature on it online. Um, so definitely check in there for more like concrete stuff, but you want to have like a good stable base. I think one important thing to note is that in ranger school, they almost kind of prepare you for the rucking a little bit because your rucks generally get heavier by phase, obviously during wrap week. And for the 12 mile, you're carrying like the base ruck, the 35 pound plus water army standard ruck for all of wrap week and the 12 mile. And then Darby, your ruck will get a little bit heavier. Look, you're looking at probably 50 to 70, maybe if you're getting like the RTO up to 80 mm-hmm. pound ruck. And then in mountains is where it really hits, especially <laughs> during winter. And that's when you're starting to look at the 100 plus pound rucks. But the nice thing is, is that through wrap week and Darby, you've kind of already been acclimated at least a little bit to rucking under load. And then in Florida, it's similar-ish to mountains. So they kind of acclimate you to the rucks there. Um, but something important for physical prep that Nate kind of mentioned earlier is first things first, make sure that there is no doubt in your mind on your worst day that you can pass the events during wrap week. Yes. Most importantly, because the most attrition-based event during wrap week is push-ups. Literally push-ups. I think that is the single event where the most people get dropped from ranger school. So make sure on your worst day, you can do 49 perfect push-ups. Um, like you should be, you should practice that with the quarter second pause in the bottom, quarter second pause at the top to where you can do almost 70 perfect push-ups in two minutes without a doubt in your mind. Even if you've already worked out that day and you're already tired, cause that's what it's going to feel like taking your RPA. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, one other thing about the, the physical prep is, uh, I think you guys can both probably attest this a little bit, is I think there's a difference between kind of like training and building yourself up versus, versus like suffering. Like I think some people will bring up, well, should I just, you know, to prep, should I not sleep? Should I, should I kind of start myself? Should no. I just like run 400 miles every week? Like what, like I think there's something to be said about showing up on, on game day as healthy and as good uh, feeling as possible without uh, without injury. Would you guys, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. I personally think that it is more important to show up on day zero of Ranger School healthy than in the best shape of your life. Um, that being said, you have, like, you have to be able to pass the events or you're not going to pass Ranger School. But that being said, if you are already like in supreme shape, it's way better to come in healthy than in shape way above what Ranger School needs. Um, I don't know, something <clears throat> probably caveat off that, Ben. Yeah, I would agree. You want to feel good before you, you show up. You don't want to have any sort of ache or pain from a hard workout beforehand. You want to go in feeling your best, so don't over train it and, and overtraining can be kind of a touchy subject but you want to train hard and get your volume up beforehand but you definitely want to taper off a little before you go so you feel 100% when you show up and kind of along with that I tried to some people talk like talking about nutrition 
some people will talk about gaining weight, losing weight, whatever it is before Ranger School. I kind of went in my training program like beforehand with the mindset of I'm going to eat whatever food I can eat in order to train the best. So I'm going to eat as much food. Like it ended up being eat a lot of food, eat a lot of good, like healthy food. It was healthy. For meat, part, though. meat and veg outskirts of the, of the grocery store. Uh, high octane fuel, right? Heck yeah, <laughs> um, eat a lot of good <laughs> dip energy drinks, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you don't want, you want none of that stuff, but eat as much food as you want. Um, to, perform your best so a lot of carbs a lot of protein and, and like healthy fats and just eating i did not hold back on eating i gained a little bit of weight but it didn't slow me down mm-hmm. and then with that like you kind of mentioned like people will sometimes think like oh i need to prep mentally by like starving myself or <laughs> s- depriving myself of sleep before do it <laughs> no do it and call me <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it and call me after you fail during rack week but like seriously on a like serious note it that's not going to do anything besides degrade you physically before you go to the course mentally you'll get pushed mentally there and that's where kind of like i think we talked about last episode with you just have to be prepared to deal with the part of ranger school that just sucks like i mean it it, the course is built to suck so you just have to be mentally prepared to deal with that um but degrading yourself physically by quote unquote training yourself mentally i don't really think holds water and does anything for you when you show up there i've had a lot of people tell me another thing is you know Eat, eat good stuff, you know, that's, that's going to, you know, give you energy, but come in at a weight that is, I would say, as heavy as possible to the point where that you would be able to finish a five mile around a 36, but make sure you have enough weight on your body, don't chop it off because you're going to lose a lot of it while you're at ranger school, so come in at a weight that's still good, that's high enough to where you can still finish your RPA. And, and if you're sitting there at dinner with your family one day and you're like, dang, man, that those fries and that cheesecake looks really good. Eat the dang cheesecake. <laughs> you're going to be sitting there in mountains like, God dang it, want to eat that cheesecake. So just do it, man. Like, treat yourself. Um, like, one thing I thought back was like, I should have had a little bit more beer. No, I'm um, quick story. Um, during my CWSA, the, 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 the water survival assessment, there was a, a, a young lad next to me who was basically running in zigzags back and forth, looking like he was like hammered on a St. Patrick's Day parade. And I was like, oh, snap, what's going on here? And, and he asks me, like, hey, man, like, where's my life preserver? Like, where's my life vest? And I'm thinking to myself, bruh, it's on your chest. <laughs> like, this dude is lo- <laughs> stage five heat exhaustion. Uh, he ended up, unfortunately, being, uh, I think, dealt with medically. I don't know what, what was the outcome of that situation, but... Can you guys talk about how you prep for the weather, for the heat, um, any unique methods that you used or try to do to kind of uh, acclimatize to the conditions? Yeah. One quick caveat, I will say some advice I got before I went from a, one of my friends who graduated right before I was fortunate enough to go was when you're prepping to go, if you like enjoy yourself before you go because you're about to go through a long stretch of time where you're not going to enjoy yourself at all. So exactly like Nate said, if you're sitting at dinner and you want to eat the cheesecake, eat the cheesecake. Just don't let it take away from you physically. Um, exactly. But looking, relating to the question you asked with the heat, heat like preparing yourself, acclimatizing yourself for 
what Georgia is potentially in the summer is make sure that you find ways to get yourself used to operating in high temperatures because Georgia during the summer is hot and humid. It sucks. It's really warm. So if you're in a place like in the southern United States where you can get outside and do stuff during the heat of the day to prepare yourself because you're not you're not really inside during ranger school pretty much at all. So if you can find a way to be outside, whether it's running, literally even just being outside to where you can get your body used to the heat, I would say do it. I know you guys, I think, mess around with like saunas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I personally didn't, but definitely take advantage if you're in a place with the heat that can prepare you for Georgia summer, do it, but don't like be stupid about it and don't get yourself hurt before coming, but definitely take the time, be smart about it, but put yourself in that environment. Oh, sorry. I I was just going to hop on and say, you talked about the sauna, which me and Nate were just there for 20 minutes killing ourselves yesterday. I know you have a little bit of insight in terms of, you know, how the sauna can benefit. So for guys that are preparing and stuff, did you, Get a little explanation of what's going on. Definitely check out some studies. Um, PubMed, if you Google PubMed, it's like the government's uh, publication of me- like peer-reviewed medical journals. And one of them, you can just Google keywords. But there's some stuff on saunas showing they use like three to three to four times a week of twenty to thirty-minute sessions you can improve not only your your like uh, your ability to like kind of adapt to heat conditions, but also your aerobic capacity and your endurance, which is like pretty awesome. Uh, think about it, like all I have to do is sit down and I can, in theory, get faster. Um, something I would look into and, and kind of read some of the literature. Um, ben, I know we did like a little bit of like hot yoga and some stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you want to add to the how you <coughs> prepped heat-wise. Um, but if not, also expand on like how you kind of dealt with the conditions during the school as well. So for heat specifically, we went to pre-ranger here at Fort Benning in August, like late August. And then I hit rap week and Darby won first Darby in September. So it was hot. I remember our tech being ridiculously hot in range school. Darby won being very, very hot. So heat acclimatization is a, is a big thing. If you're like coming from somewhere that's not hot and you're like just showing up and going to range school, I would try to get your arrival date a little bit before your actual report date to range school. So you want to show up to Fort Benning or somewhere hot and humid a little bit before you actually report to the school so you can acclimate. I know there's studies out there that says how many, how long it actually takes, anywhere from like five days to two weeks. So look at those and know your body. In terms of what I did, uh, I hit the sauna probably once a week, and then we did some hot yoga a little bit like right right before the we went to the school, and that helped a lot. I remember being sweating profusely, laying on my back on the floor of that hot yoga studio while this lady was just smoking. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun, um, but it helped. I mean, I think that's, you know, heat acclimatization is a very real thing. You definitely want to do that. I guess growing up, I did do football in like South Texas, so two days in August. I don't know how long that actually takes to, uh, or how long it would take to like lose something like that, but Growing up, I was out in there uh, in the heat, which maybe from a confidence standpoint helped me out a little bit. What, what about during the school? Did you guys do anything like consciously to prep for or like to, to kind of deal with the heat? To deal with the heat, uh, drink water. Don't chug straight water. You want to make sure you drink your 
your water not super fast and also drink your electrolytes as well. So your Pedialyte or Gatorade or whatever they give you, make sure you're eating your all of your MRE or all of your food, all of your salt packets and stuff in your MRE just so you don't sweat out those electrolytes because hyponatremia is a, is a very real thing. Uh, I had a buddy, a good friend of mine, passed away in Ranger School uh, a couple of years before I went and it was due to uh, you know, hyponatremia. So definitely make sure you eat all of your electrolytes or eat your salts and, and stay adequately hydrated and, and don't chug, chug water. Yeah. They'll give you, whether it's drip drop, Pedialyte, or not Pedialyte, but uh, drip drop, Sarasport or Gatorade, they'll, they're very conscious of like electrolytes during the school and they will give you more than enough of those things to keep like the water in you so when they give them to you don't be like oh i don't need this whatever and throw it away make sure you're you you utilize everything that they give you the school is hard enough on its own don't make it harder by not using the stuff that they give you so make sure you're staying hydrated and then make sure you're using the gatorade surf sport drip drop whatever it is that they give you also be careful with the gatorade packets uh some people like to eat them and i'm not saying don't well i'd say don't do it and because if you get caught by the RIs, that can be grounds for like a spot report or something more serious and potentially recycling because of that. So don't straight up eat those Gatorade packets Why is that in front of RIs. Because it, I could make something up. I don't like, <laughs> I don't really know the exact. It's just a lot of I mean, sugar. To me, it's a lot of sugar to eat. To me, the, like, I, I personally, I mean, I'm sure there's science behind it. I personally don't know the difference between if I slam a Gatorade packet like a pixie stick and then drink some water behind it, if that's actually different from mixing it in the water. But I think it's most like just be careful with that. Yeah. Like they tell you to put it in the water for a reason, and that's because that's the way that those electrolytes are meant to be taken. Yeah. Just be careful, be aware of your body, um, and just be prepared and like ben said obviously the ri like it's something serious if you're caught like just eating them versus drinking them like you're supposed to in the school but just be aware of they're meant to be drank so drink them if you're able to that's what i would say um and then they do do some safety checks make sure that you guys are consuming those things something that i would do um at least to fight some of the fatigue is like i would save a few caffeine packets, creamers, sugars, and um, Gatorade I mean, packets. Co- coffee packets, right? When I say caffeine packets, yeah, coffee, coffee packets. packets. They come yeah. in the the MREs, and yeah. we'll talk about them later. But I would like save a, a few of each of those, and then when I got like my roster number called for my look, I would just house them, and it was like chugging a monster out there, and I was like, "Doof, let's do this." <laughs> crash, <laughs> I crashed really hard, but it was pretty effective in terms of like getting me going, um, which we can also talk about like the, kind of the leadership high later, but. Did you guys ever like drone? How did you guys deal with that? If you did, have any any stories about droning? Um, yeah. So have- droning for I guess if people don't know what droning is, is kind of like when you're sleep deprived, you your body will you will sleep. Like I mean, your body will get the sleep that it needs regardless of if you want it to or not. So droning is kind of like where you literally you'll be walking and you'll just fall asleep walking or fall asleep standing. Um, Darby dancing is a thing. That's literally where you're standing on the rocks at Darby and you're just, you just fall asleep standing up and kind of catch yourself. So it looks like you're doing the stanky leg or some weird dance while you're just standing on the rocks. But droning in particular, 
I personally am decent with sleep, like with lack of sleep. So I didn't have, I, I droned a few times during Florida after your leadership look in particular, you get drained and I droned out really hard in Florida. Um, after my, after one of my leadership looks. So just be aware of it. It's going to happen. And if you're one of the people, what I would say is if you're one of the people who can deal with sleep, lack of sleep better than others, um, be aware of it and help your buddies out who potentially like when the sun goes down, the lights turn off and they're like zombies, zombies walking, just be aware of it and be willing to help the people who are trying to take left turns into the woods while you're walking. So, yeah, one time we were walking mountains and I mean, I was obviously tired and, but like I, there's moments you just kind of come in and out of it, I guess. And I was walking and we're on very clearly like on a, on a ledge, on a trail, like on a ledge of, you know, a steep elevation drop off to our left. And this dude, like we're all in line walking forward and this dude just takes a 90 degree, starts walking straight (laughs) off the ledge and the RIs have like, the RIs have like his walking sticks. And I see under my nods, the RI just beating the. Cr- I shouldn't say this, but he's like, he's like beating him, and the kid like finally like comes through, like whoa, and he's like, hey, definitely don't want to walk off the cliff. Turn right, keep moving, Ranger. And I was like, dang. <laughs> and then another time for me personally, um, and it's probably after like your leadership luck where you're most exhausted. We're like, all right, we're picking up our stuff, like change your gear, change your boots, we're moving. So I'm like tying my stuff up. And then all of a sudden, like, I bump into the guy in front of me. And I'm like, dang, when did we start moving? He's like, he's like man, we've been walking for, like, two hours. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> I've been blacked out for some time. Yeah. You'll be, like, walking in a ranger file, and you'll stop moving because there's some sort of obstacle or branch everyone's got to step over. And the time it takes for the formation to get back moving, you'll, you'll fall asleep kind of standing up, and then you'll come to... And the person in front of you is now like 20, 30 yards ahead of you. You're yeah. like, oh crap. Like, and you're like, how did that even happen, man? I just remember one, the one, like one time in Florida after my leadership look, I started droning out real hard because it was the night after my leadership look. We hadn't slept for honestly going on like 36 or 48 hours at this point because we didn't sleep the night before. And I was like, I would walk and then I would apparently, I guess, hallucinate that we had stopped or something. I'm not exactly sure what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just stop walking. The dude behind me, behind me would just like tap me. He's like, yo, keep walking. Let's go. And I would, I just remember being super pissed off. I'm like, come on, you're droning. You pull yourself together. <laughs> you, Let's get- like you can't control it. <laughs> but like, and then it would just, you know, I mean, the whole walk all night, I would just keep like stopping. And there's nothing you can do to control it at some points. Oh, yeah. But, it's wild. You'll see some. You'll see some crazy stuff at night with people. But sometimes I'm kind of like, dang, how much was an RI? It's probably really funny to watch. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Um, Do you guys ever experience a golden walk? What is a golden walk? I never <clears throat> had a golden walk, or at least not that I I know of. I guess in in our attack we had some. Golden walks, but that was just pre rangers, so they gave us. Yeah. So, what that uh, even uh, right. Uh, golden walks for what? Yeah, for you, you get nothing. Um, <laughs> so, a golden, a golden walk. <laughs> like, this is my practice, and you're telling me that, like, yeah, exactly. I got a free ticket. Okay. So, a golden walk is a ranger instructor's last walk. So, he it's the last patrol he's grading. So, he's walking with the patrol. And typically, that leads to some sort of I want to say party, but like a he 
either gives like all the Ranger students like goes that are in in leadership, or he gives them like food or or, or something something like that. It's it's a good thing for a student if you're a Ranger student and your RI is on a golden walk. That is a usually a good day for you. Sometimes not, but most time that is a good day for you. I never had one. I'm, in my pre-ranger, I had one, but Doesn't count. I just got like oranges. They gave, uh, they gave me awesome. an orange. <laughs> I have a friend that's in the mountains right now. Uh, shout out to him. I wouldn't say his name because he is a goofy guy. <laughs> I know for a fact. Uh, I got a couple of friends that got that got recycled that told me um, he definitely he definitely uh, lucked out with the uh, with the, the golden walk for yeah. sure. Got a golden walk. So he's in the mountains right now. So shout that's out awesome. to him. But. Uh, um, I only experienced, I only had one golden walk while I was there and that was in Florida. And honestly, it went completely against like the stereotypical golden walk. I think he was the RI who was on his golden walk was grading squad leader. So he was grading three or four yeah. of us at that time and only one or two ended up getting to go. But so the, I guess the stereotype with golden walks is that everybody can like everybody who the RI is grading will get to go yeah. just because it's his last walk. So what I would say, I guess, for people preparing to go or thinking about it is Golden Walks can be really cool. Yeah, you can get, like, snacks. I think he ended up giving us, like, some candy or, like, a, one of those Halloween bags of mini candy bars to spread out among the platoon, which was, yeah, that was kind of cool. Like, a nice little treat. But don't bank on it because every RI treats their Golden Walk differently. I also heard about Golden Walks during Ranger School that I didn't get to experience where people got all goes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so be aware of them. They exist. Sometimes they can be awesome and you can get your go based off of it, but don't bank on it because every RI is different and they'll treat their golden walk different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a golden walk. It wasn't on my patrol, but our, it was our first sergeant's last, uh, graded patrol ever. He took us in the middle of the woods. He beat the crap out of us. No, okay. <laughs> 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 Not what happened, but. He, we went out there, there was a bunch of pallets, we made a big bonfire, he had a couple hundred hot dogs for us, we nice. ate the hot dogs, and nice. we all had one extra MRA, and I'm telling you, like, it was one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh my, like, at that point, MREs taste better than like a five-star restaurant, so I was super <laughs> so stoked. So good. Um, you guys any have any tips in general for like, passing patrols? I know people a lot of times say things like, stay in the middle, or like... <laughs> You know, help out when you can. Work on the like. What? What? If you have like general one or two quick tips for like any phase patrolling, how do you how do you pass patrols? How do you earn your go? Um, I would say if keeping it as kind of general as possible, so that you can actually apply it once you're there, is be involved. So find a way, whether it is Darby Mountains or Florida, it doesn't matter. Find a way that you can help. Be of service to your platoon and your squad and make that like your calling card whether it's that you're you do pretty well on little sleep and you can be a team leader and you can just be like that little sled dog who runs around and does everything for your squad leader to get him his go that day then constantly be a team leader if you're great at op orders or great at planning in general and you can put yourself in the middle of the patrol base to help with the planning process or like in the person who's helping every single person during Darby on the op orders, find out whatever you can do and then be involved. Don't be the person who wants to just sit in there, sit in security and stare at grass because trust me, you'll have plenty of time to stare at grass during ranger school. Like it's not that exciting. So (laughs) find, find a way the best way that you can to be involved. And then that is generally reciprocated 
If you're involved when other people are getting their looks and you're helping people get their looks, your squad and platoon is going to be more motivated when it's your turn to get a graded patrol, and they will reciprocate that onto you. Ben? Yeah, absolutely. I think dissemination down to the lowest level is key. So whenever you are in leadership and say you come to a halt or whatever and something changes in the plan or you're sending out new information to the plan, factor in time for your subordinate leaders to give that information to everyone else in the squad or platoon. Because if everyone's tracking on what's going on, your patrol is going to go that much better. Everyone will be more motivated. Like, okay, sweet, only 500 more meters to the RP. Well, only in this much longer we got to walk. Sweet, let's do this. Or, hey, this is like a little bit of a change in mission. If you factor in time and everyone has a chance to hear the new information, your patrol, again, will go that much better. So dissemination down to the lowest level uh, is huge. And then I would say when you're not <clears throat> in leadership, just be a good ranger buddy and have your head on a swivel and treat it like it's real. And uh, don't try to game it too much. Um, and that's when you are, that's throughout the whole school. Don't try to game it too much. Treat it like it's real. Um, and you, you will be fine. Awesome. One quick thing I'd add to that is there's always spot checks. So mm-hmm. you can tell guys when you're in charge, and you're not going to do everything um, that is assigned to you. It's just impossible, especially in a place like Derby for the squad leader. You have so many things you're responsible for. But delegate responsibility, obviously. Uh, can't delegate or authority but not responsibility. Like you, you have to spot check because guys are going to be doing their best but still may not be to your standard or be missing something. So give clear, concise guidance or the time hack, as they say all the time. But <laughs> make sure you spot check that because um, I think people do what leaders check. Um, and then lastly, like Joe said, being involved is key. I think it helps in every single way you can fail. So in terms of spot reports, if you're being involved, you're not falling asleep on the line. You're not like losing discipline. You're not going to have spot reports. If you're involved, you'll know the plan so that when you are put in charge randomly, you'll know how to take care of the mission. Um, so you're not going to fail the patrols from a tactical perspective. And then C, being involved boosts your peer rating. So people are like, dang. Brandon's always kicking butt. Brandon's always moving forward. Brandon's always helping X, Y, and Z. I'm going to put out for him. So in pretty much every way, I think being involved helps. And it also helps really pass the time as well. Um, a few more questions for you guys. Can I add one yeah, thing? Yeah, go, 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 go. Not to, like being on the being involved thing, regardless of whether you think so or not, the RIs are watching. They know who the kind of dudes who are just off in the distance not really doing anything for the platoon and squad are and they know the dudes who are putting in work for the platoon and the squad at all times like they see it they see the people who are vocal during the practice practice ftx's the practice looks the sop development time they see the people who are vocal and the leaders within the squad and now it doesn't guarantee you anything but it sets you up to be in a position where the RIs, when they're showing up for your graded look, RIs talk like they're people. Like it's the same, like they talk, they talk about who the people who are good in a certain squad are and the people who are total crap in a certain squad are. So it won't guarantee you anything, but being involved and being a person who's willing to work for the platoon, the RIs will pick up on that. And they like, it could give them a good kind of view of you in their head when they show up to grade you on a specific day awesome we're, we're uh wrapping up a little bit here guys but i'm gonna drill you guys with a couple of zingers quick responses keep them 30 <laughs> seconds or less all right 
Favorite MRE, go. Chicken pesto pasta, if it still exists. Wow. That's, that's, that's bold. That, <laughs> damn, that was, that was mine. That one or Mexican style is pretty good. Jalapeno beef patty is also beef. very good. If you like desserts. It's garbage. Desserts are oh king, baby. Gosh. Garbage. Is the MRE black market real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, guys, proper MRE trading etiquette <laughs> I have this I want this so I have cheese spread I want peanut butter or I want cheese spread I have peanut butter I have Skittles yeah. I'm looking for M&M's I have peanut or I have PB&J I want crackers and cheese spread be specific did you cry on graduation day no no. Okay. I Joe, will, you paused. There, I will, well, that cried right on my recycle. I, <laughs> I, I, I cried when I got my second no go in my first Florida. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I like it. Tears will be shed around your school. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> you're going to see it, and then you're like, eh, you're a baby. And then you're going to do it. And you're going to be like, dang, I'm a baby too. <laughs> my hormones are out of control. Um, highest, highest point, coolest, coolest day range school, coolest part. When I got my go in Florida, walking back into the patrol base and literally high-fiving people throughout the patrol base, walking back to my position. That's lit. Getting that my go in Florida, which means like you, you're going to graduate, bar, any sort of crazy spot report or anything like that. I lit my R. I said, I got to go, and I was taking notes during his AAR, and literally when he said, I'm putting you in for a go... I wrote go in my notebook and just like underlined it twice and just wrote a bunch of exclamation marks acting like I was taking notes because I was so pumped. And like, I, like I was trying to control my excitement, so but I'm sure, I'm sure the RI looked at me and he saw me, you know, my eyes just light up like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. And then I like literally high stepped it, like ran back to the patrol. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. I got my gun. He probably saw Ben and he's like, this dude literally didn't change face. <laughs> that man is a boost. No. It's like, I've never seen somebody not react to their final goals. <laughs> he wrote his emotion on the paper. His face remained the same. Uh, one item you can bring more of at the packing list. It's like head, headlamps are a good one. Bring lots of headlamps and eye pro eye protection. You'll have a, you'll be able to refit in between Darby and mountains and then again in mountains in Florida. But the in between mountains in Florida, it's you, you just, you're in this little like mini Mart style place. And if you're like the last platoon to go through, you might not have what you need. So head, headlamps and I pro I'd say. Yeah. I'd say gum, gum. Yeah. Gums key, big league chew. High key, best best part of Ranger School is Big League Chew. You can trade. You can oh, yeah. that. That you, Big League Chew wow. is the Big League Chew is the best bargaining chip you will ever have in Ranger School. I'll carry your ruck if you give me a piece. <laughs> stuff is like, currency. Yeah. you were like Pablo Escobar. If you <laughs> Big League Chew. There was never enough of that. But uh, but on the serious note, um, if it's small stuff, bring extra because like and that's like headlamps. I like I I don't know headlamp socks. Stuff that you, if people lose, that you can give them because A, that helps with your peers. B, it helps your patrol be more successful. C, like you need people. There's going to be times where you're going to lose something. You're going to need something like some help from your ranger buddies. So just bring extra stuff to be able to help your ranger buddies out and your platoon and squad when it comes time for it. 
What was the best piece of mail you received while at Linder School? <laughs> uh, it's on my fridge right now. I got a letter from uh, a third grade class. It was kind of funny. It was it was over my recycle. It's very motivating. From Darby, and it, it was it was really funny. It was a bunch of like, third graders writing like, "You can do this." Like, keep going with your dream. And then one of them said, "You know what is coming soon." <laughs> it's just like. What? what what is this like who who is who this that? like you know My what is coming was soon was an alright he's an e like, <laughs> I was like what's this guy talking about this is creeping out but yeah that and you're still learning I was like thanks appreciate it <laughs> for me it was just pictures like pictures yeah. of family friends and then most importantly my dog back at home the pictures are clutch um, two things on that. One, my sister would send me like, uh, I mean, my family all, all send me awesome mail. So shout out to the to the family on that one. But my sister would would send me like dialogue from the office, which I would like read episodes. Quotes. That was like really yeah. funny. Yeah, Joe, I know the uh, office isn't funny. Yes, yes, it, yes, it I does. Make sure I'm gonna send that to you wherever you go next. Um, which was really awesome. And then two, like when you're in your fields and you're like really down, like writing these really intense letters to your family don't mail them just keep them because <laughs> you're gonna get out of writer school and like read them and be like oh my god i wrote that what the heck last random question before we wrap it up with a final final question so second last question where does place you pooped <laughs> At, then you're like, oh wow you're, you're really calling me out for that one all right so day four of mountains day four is usually the day everyone has to poop because you're not eating much food and you're burning all those calories so you, you don't have much to poop out but day four is usually by the time it it all starts I'm coming like eight out days without poop and for everyone so you you in a patrol base or on patrol you have to dig a slit trench in the middle of patrol base so my patrol base um day four was kind of in this open area we had trees and co- like covered cement on the outside but on the inside it was fairly open and our slit trench was right there in the middle not next to a tree because i guess our medic who dug the slick trench you get put in position so like the medic for the day didn't dig the slick trench next to a tree because usually like to have something to hold on to so i was there um i nature called and there i was dropped my trousers and was in full crab walk position and middle patrol base everyone's out there um on the outskirts pulling security and all of a sudden, the RI comes and stands not more than five feet from me and says, everyone listen up. And I'm in full crab walk position, like <laughs> mid dookie. Everyone kind of gets up on a knee, turns around, looks at me. And I'm just like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> full crab walk, pants around nice. the ankles. It was it was a sight to behold. <laughs> I love it. We actually just got an important question in from one of our listeners. Uh, what is the? We're gonna hit this and then we're gonna wrap it up. Um, if you guys can keep it kind of brief, but what are the different roles in leadership that are gonna be graded on? Kind of the different expectations that they fulfill. So, what are the biggest differences? Differences between Toonstar and PL Mountains in Florida, and then also your squad leader role in, in Darby. Um. So I guess break it down. Break it down, kind of specifically. Darby, you're gonna be graded on squad leader, alpha team leader, and Bravo team leader. And squad leader, you are responsible for, I mean, it's what they say, but everything that the squad does and fails to do. Like, you're basically kind of responsible for everything that in the squad that happens. But in particular, you're really 
in the planning phase, you're in charge of the briefs. So the Warno, the op order, and then after those two events, the PCCs and PCIs. So what will kind of happen is they'll line you up in like a box and they'll just ask random rifleman Joe, whoever it is for the day, questions about the op order and see if they actually memorize stuff about the mission. Um, and then following that, you'll take contact and you'll have like, you'll be graded on your react to contact, your squad attack and react to indirect fire or something like that, maybe. So that's kind of what the first squad leader is looking at. And then the second squad leader is just actions on, which is whether it's a recon or an ambush for the day, that's kind of what you're looking at. When Joe says second squad leader, like there's a transfer of leadership, just yeah. make that clear. Um, the people that kind of plan or do the initial part of the mission versus people that complete the mission and do movement to the next patrol base or whatever is a different leadership. So there's a there's a transfer of leadership uh, roles. Yeah, and then the alpha team leader will be responsible for, during the planning section, is like the route planning, the fires. I know Ben can speak a little bit more to that. And then um, the Bravo team leader is kind of like, he's responsible for the layout, the accountability, meaning like how many rounds and all of like beans beans bodies water. bullets water water's filled and yeah all that sure one's ready to go for all mission. kind of the accountability stuff for for the squad throughout the day i know ben can add a little more more to the team leader stuff as far as that's concerned. so my very first look in darby i was an alpha team leader and it was day one of our patrol so brand new guy i haven't really patrolled much just throwing an alpha team leader. Um, and I, after the fact, I learned that I kind of got graded on the fires are really, so it's this clear sheet of paper you put over a map and you draw where your fires are going. And that, and it's all in the Ranger Handbook how exactly that needs to be done. Um, so the alpha team leader is in charge of that. He's also in charge of the terrain model, making sure that, that that is very detailed and that the terrain is exaggerated. Again, the standards for that is in the Ranger Handbook. So Darby especially, you want to follow the Ranger Handbook exactly to the T with what it is uh, you need to do. And then, real quick, this difference between PL and Platoon Sarn. Yeah, so PL, PL and Platoon Sarn in mountains in Florida, PL you're looking at, you're looking at more the mission as a whole, meaning you're looking at the actions on the objective, whether that is conducting the ambush, conducting the raid. Um, if it's your, if you take contact, you're looking at closing with and destroying the enemy. That is your primary job. The platoon sergeant, you're looking more at the accountability side of it. The beans, bodies, bullets, how much ammo, how many MREs, how much water everybody has, getting resupply um, on the objective specifically, medevac, um, treating casualties, and then assisting the PL with whatever he needs at any certain point. And uh, in the patrol base, trooping the line and making sure mm -hmm. security is uh, enforced, make sure people are staying awake. And then one big thing that is responsible across Darby, Florida, Mountains, Florida, squad leaders, PL, platoon sergeant, is during movement, you have to be tracking where you're at at all times. You are going 100% every single movement you do to get map checked, and you have to locate on a map by giving a six-digit or an eight-digit grid where you're at within 200 meters to get a go on that task. So you're going to get map checked, so make sure your land nav skills are on point and make sure you're tracking where you're at at all times during during movement. Mm -hmm. yep. All these uh, roles are listed out in the Ranger Handbook. 
to the T exactly what is expected of you. Definitely study up before you go. Yep. Look at the Ranger Handbook. And then also when you're in the school, something that I found helped me was really pay attention to other people's AARs because the instructors are going to repeat a lot of things. Um, you guys weren't violent of action was not enough. Uh, you guys didn't communicate well enough, um, et cetera, et cetera. But if you pay attention to those things, when you are in charge, you'll be able to correct or at least attempt to make some of those corrections. Uh, I, I have my last question. Brandon might have something or Mason might have something as well. But for you guys, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself if you were about to report uh, the next the next day? So, you know, Ben, Joe, you're, you're five days out. Or next Sunday, this Sunday, you're, you're about to report to Ranger School. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself? I guess I would say, all right, man, it's, it's go time. Let's do it. And the... Metal meets the road. It's time to get her done. Um, look out for your buddies. Be a good ranger buddy. And yeah, look out for your guys and expect it to suck. And I would say, you know, maybe don't plan to recycle, but it, accept the fact that if it happens, it happens and you're better for it and that you just need to drive on and complete the mission and, and get, the, get the school done with. Yeah. My two things would be Prepare, prepare, prepare. Go to the school knowing that you are 100% prepared for anything that they throw at you, whether that is RTTs, like the standards for the RTTs are literally on the Ranger School website. So go look them up and then practice them with every, like whenever you have time, whether it's the RPA, whether it's the CWSA, whether it's the push-ups or whether it's the patrols. Like find your resources. There's the... People who, have, people who have graduated ranger school are generally a very supportive community. So if you find somebody or you know somebody who's graduated, reach out to them and use their knowledge to help you prepare. And then the other thing I would say is don't be soft. Kind of like we were talking about being active during this school, it makes the time go by faster. There are going to be times where you don't want to crawl out of your sleeping bag just because it's cold out, you're wet, you haven't, you've slept like, 45 minutes and that's all you're getting for the night those extra five minutes of sleep that you get from being in the sleeping bag aren't worth it like just get out get your day going um or if you have to get up and do something pull off the line just get up and do it don't be soft when somebody calls your name to do something and when it's time to step up and do something just do it move on and you'll be better for it and your experience in ranger school will be better for it i love it be a good teammate and don't worry about things you can't control I would say there's so many things out of your control at Ranger School, whether it be the instructor you get grading your, your patrol, the patrol you get, the weather of that day, the terrain, the mission set, the, the your, your leaders that you're assigned to as well. Um, so many things you can't control. You can't control your attitude. You can't control how you how you are as a teammate, and then you can't control and how fit you show up on day one. Do you yeah. have anything to add to that? Sorry, I have one more thing. Um, go there wanting to learn. The RIs are very experienced and very knowledgeable. They might, like, there's times when you might not think it when you're in school, but they have been through a lot and they're very knowledgeable about what they're teaching. So take advantage of the opportunity to learn. Along with that, you're going to be students with a lot of people who have a lot of experience. I was very lucky in my Florida squad. I had two SF guys, a couple Ranger Battalion guys, and a couple other iBullock and people who had been in the Army much longer than me. And you're going to have that throughout Ranger School. So when you're there, be a sponge, especially if you're a younger guy who hasn't had the experience that a lot of people have. 
go there, be a sponge and go there wanting to learn. There's people who have years and years of actual tactical and operational experience. Pick those guys' brains, like talk to them when you're sitting in security, pay attention to what they do when they're in leadership and how they talk to the platoon when they're given the opportunity to have, like have influence. And that will, that can be one of the most beneficial things you can get from there pull from the experience that's there because ranger school is one of the premier schools in the army a lot of very experienced people are associated with that school take advantage of that while you're there that's awesome joe Brandon or mason do you guys have anything you want to add in particular no i'm really the one thing i just listen to you guys is really just be a sponge man soak up everything that you can no matter if it's a failure um yeah i really don't even think there's actual failures at ranger school Past, I love that. No, I, past, you know, getting getting recycled and stuff like that. But everything's a lesson, man. Everything's a lesson. You can learn from everything, no matter if it's your failure, if it's your comrade's failure, if it's um, someone another squad. You know, you can learn from almost everything. And there's probably so many different stories to the point where you know you can learn so much without even before even doing it. You know, you can already learn. So yeah, be a sponge, man. That's that's something I've taken from this at for. So when I hit it June thirtieth, I'm ready. I'm ready to go hard. I think that's a really good perspective yeah. to have, Benito. <clears throat> uh, lastly, guys, I'd say, <clears throat> you know, we're nothing special here. Like, totally. we're a bunch of like kind of regular guys that, um, you know, went and tried to do something hard, and and luckily we we're successful. I would say you don't have to be anything crazy to go through this school. Set your sights high, aim high, and with proper training and preparation anyone can do this school so go for it give it a shot and uh yeah put in the required training and go in feeling confident and you'll be successful i think that's the best way to end it um this episode so episode two that's a wrap if you made it this far you're an impressive human proud of you (laughs) thanks for listening joe great having you hope to hear from you soon more about cypress school Ben, you as well. Hopefully get you on for an episode of Combat Dive. Um, my boy Higgins, our technician, we appreciate you. Much love for you, my guy. Thanks, dude. Um, and my co-host, of course. Uh, see you in the next one, bro. Many more episodes and rock the winner, man. Rock Later, guys. Embrace the suck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. There you go.